Welcome to a new edition of the Scout with Brian podcast, where today let's discuss one of the more disappointing stories of the NBA season so far, the Dallas Mavericks. What is going on there? Thursday night, 147 to 116 loss to the Golden State Warriors, gave up essentially 37 points every quarter, 36, 38, 36, 37, impressively horrendous defense uh but the game was tied at 75 at halftime uh warriors went into the fourth with a 14 point lead and then had a 18 to uh early fourth quarter run where dallas just completely uh unraveled and clearly could not keep up uh the scoring load with the tremendous pace of the game and also obviously could not get a stop all game long letting kelly Oubre go for 40 points uh after the season he's having just unreal uh Steph Curry had 28 Damian Lee had 17 Andrew Wiggins had 18 yeah pretty much Dallas couldn't stop a soul and that's been uh, a big recurring theme of the season for them they have really struggled uh on the defensive end uh and you know watching the game the thing that really stood out most to me is Luca just is not remotely in shape, uh, and he's he's developing some some really bad habits uh, defensively. You know, the, he's always been a guy that they've tried to to hide uh, defensively. He doesn't guard, uh, you know, the point guard traditionally. He doesn't guard uh, the good scores, the better offensive players on the other team. That's what uh, Dorian Fitty Smith and Josh Rich- Richardson do. So. Uh, Trey gets all the slander for for his defense, and I'm sure some of it rightfully slu- uh, deserved. Uh, but you know, Luca avoids that all when you know they're hiding him on the Cam Johnsons of the world, the Juan Toscano Andersons, the you know slow footed uh, three fours that kind of mostly just stand in the corners and spot up shoot. Um, you know, but even that, he's again not not rotating well. He's not moving his feet. Uh, he's playing with very little effort on that end of the floor, uh, and that's concerning. Again, he's he's developing some some really poor habits there. Uh, he clearly came into the season, you know, ten fifteen uh, pounds overweight at least, and you know you, you're seeing now if if you want to be uh, the superstar, if you want to be a top five player in the league, too much is given, much is expected. You know, the Mavs. Uh, expect him to be, he, you know, he was the odds-on MVP favorite going into this season. Uh, you know, you look at a guy like LeBron, and LeBron got plenty of slander over his career for his defense, and sure, there were some viral clips of him, uh, you know, not being able to move on some nights and some games where he just was a little bit checked out and so on and so forth, but for the most part, LeBron is has been the most tremendously conditioned athlete of basically any sport for the last 15 years. I mean, he's just been unbelievable. And, and you know, when you play 100-something games every year, 120 games every year, including the playoffs and preseason, it, it takes a toll on you, you know. And Luca's seeing, yeah, he had a, a decent playoff, you know, performance and run uh, into, you know, a pretty quick turnaround. And he was, he was not ready for that. He did not take care of his body uh, in the short uh, transition time before the season got going. Uh, and he came in, again, really not not ready to go, not really to, ready to perform on both ends. 
they need him, you know, not to be a superstar, obviously, defensively, not to be uh, a dominant two-way player like LeBron is, but if you want to be a superstar, if you want to be a top-five player in the league, you, you do have to play both ends, you know. J- James Harden's obviously gotten plenty of criticism for that over his career, and uh, kind of similar to Luka, you know, at the beginning, beginning of his Houston run, he, he was abysmal defensively. That's when nightly he was going viral for falling asleep every single night and just, uh, you know, looking like a horrendous defender. But to his credit and, and what real junkies know and Houston fans know is that uh, his defense did improve a ton and he got a ton more locked in over time, uh, ultimately ended up being a, a crucial part of their switch everything defensive scheme that you know, for, for a time under Jeff Bizdelic was one of the best defenses in the league uh, and almost, uh, you know, beat the Golden State Warriors in, you know, the year where they were the most uh, unbeatable. So uh, Luca again, he needs to give them more on that end. Golden State basically just ran them out of the gym. They played with unbelievable pace. They raced the ball up the floor every single time, and Dallas just could not guard in transition. Uh, they couldn't get matched up properly. They they tried throwing some zone out there since they couldn't stop anybody. That didn't work either. Uh, and Dallas just, quite frankly, got their, their tails kicked. You see, uh, after the game, apparently, Rick Carlisle uh, showed the team uh, in the locker room the entire film of the third quarter. And that's, that's unusual. That's not a good sign. That's not something that happens uh, on good happy teams. Uh, to be honest, I, I don't think that ever happened uh, in my six years full-time in the NBA with the Wizards. I don't think we ever did that post-game. You know, certainly the, the coaches would sometimes watch a little bit of film post-game. Uh, sometimes a player would come in wanting to see a specific play. You know, coach would come in and see a play, a last-second play that we lost on or something and come in and, you know, chew the team out or something for it. But, but those kind of... Uh, 30-minute, hour-long film sessions, those were reserved for the next day when, you know, cooler heads prevailed and guys calmed down a little bit and, uh, you know, emotions weren't an all-time high still. Guys weren't stirring from uh, from just getting off the court and being all pissy with each other. If you get your, your butts kicked and give up 147 points and then have to immediately go into the locker room and rewatch uh, a, a good portion of it, Again, that's that's not a good sign, uh, and that tells me that you know most likely that was a uh, Rick Carlisle storming into the film room saying, "Put up the third quarter right now," and going right into the locker room and probably letting those guys have it and and uh, tearing into them for that third quarter uh, effort, which again was was not good. Um, was not good for Luca. Was not good for Porzingis. Wasn't good uh, for anybody. You know, and that's again this is the problem with. You know, just looking at numbers and okay, saying yeah, Luca had twenty-seven, six and six, right? He he shot the ball, uh, all right. He shot forty percent from the field, forty-three percent from three. So you know, casual fans see that and they're like, oh, he he's not the problem. The problem is that uh, Richardson scored six and Finney Smith scored five and Cleaver scored two. Okay, yes, those guys clearly didn't play well offensively and and didn't uh you know contribute a tremendous amount. But it's like Draymond always tells you and Draymond always uh, says in viral clips and everybody retweets it and everybody shows facts and, and gets, you know, all hyped up about what Draymond's saying. But then they completely do the opposite. They completely forget what he's actually saying 
and judge games totally based on the box score and the stats. They judge players based on, oh, you know, Luca scored, so he's not the issue. No, Finney Smith, Richardson, their roles, their jobs are to be, you know, lockdown defenders. And certainly, you know, they didn't do that when you give up 147 points, most likely. But, you know, watching defense, it's incredibly complicated. Those guys, for the most part, they do give effort. They do play really hard on that, and they are very good on that end. Luca, no, he takes a million plays off. He can't move. He doesn't get back. He doesn't hustle. He doesn't block out. He doesn't rotate. Those things kill your defense when you have one guy like that. Not to mention, too, right now, Porzingis can't move. Cannot move his feet at all. And they're having him sometimes switch onto, onto Wiggins and onto threes and fours and be out on, on an island. And, and he just, his mo- lateral movement right now looks absolutely terrible. So you don't want to rush to judgment again because he did, you know, have the surgery and miss the start of the season, and he's he's recovering, and these things take time. But certainly not a good start uh, to the season for him uh, or for Dallas as a whole. Obviously, who sit currently nine and fourteen, fourteenth in the Western Conference. Luckily for them, the only saving grace in that perspective right now is that. You know, this season, all you have to do is finish top 10. You finish 10th, you win two games in a row, you're in the playoffs. So, still a long season, plenty of time to turn it around. But there's plenty of troubling signs uh, in Dallas. Last in the league in three-point percentage, 34%. Despite being ninth in attempts, get a lot of them up, don't make many of them. They're fouling a ton. 27th most free throws, so basically third worst giving up free throws. Last year they were the third best. 21st in defensive rebounding percentage. Last season they were nearly top 10. At the rim defensively, they've been atrocious. 28th this season. They were 11th last season. That's, again, Porzingis not being able to guard the rim. They don't have any rim protection. Willie Cauley-Stein's basically the only guy that does that, and he's, you know, an inconsistent part in, uh, of the rotation. Silver lining, between second and sixth and schedule difficulty, depending on who you ask, where you look, certainly have not had an easy run uh, also probably been the team most affected by COVID. It's not an Olympics of suffering, but, uh, you know, uh, I think they have had technically the most COVID games, uh, missed. Uh, they've had just enough guys to still have to play their games, uh, despite missing significant portions of the rotation almost every night. Finally, you know, have their whole rotation back. I think the Golden State game was basically, uh, the first time they've really had that all season. So, Again, there's things you can certainly look at as a Dallas fan and be optimistic and, and talk yourself into, you know, them certainly still being, a, a, you know, at least a, a playoff team. But to me, I mean, you know, they look like a team that's going to be in that 9-10 spot most likely. Uh, Luca talked about the defense plenty, you know, offensively. Uh, he's getting fewer shots at the rim, 25% this season compared to 33% 
uh, last season. You know, he's finishing at the rim. He's only 61% this season compared to almost the best in the league last season at 72%. Uh, he's taken more long twos than last season. He's taken fewer threes. Um, you know, his three-point shooting obviously has been talked about a lot, but that's that's clearly down. That's 30%. Uh, you know, I'll jump in and say, you know, his offensive game, that doesn't concern me a whole lot still. And, and some of the takes, uh, you know, that he's, like they say with Trey, he's a average shooter at best, or he's, you know, not a, not a good three-point shooter. Those are just ridiculous. It's, it's not true. He is a damn good three-point shooter. The reason his percentage is that low is because the level of difficulty on his threes are are through the roof. Yeah, nobody's saying he's Steph Curry. He's not, you know, nearly that caliber. He certainly is not shooting the ball as as well as he can be and ultimately will be this season. But they have him take a tremendously high volume of threes, a tremendous high volume of of step-backs, uh, shots, you know, one-on-one where, where they're just having him, uh, you know, get up a, a lot of shots because that's analytically what's, uh, you know, the way they play. They want him taking a lot of threes. They want the team taking a lot of threes. Uh, and I have, you know, my own issues and feelings with that, about that. But if you want him taking seven, eight a game, you know, you, that's like with Harden. You're, you're going to end up shooting, you know, some 33, 34, 35%, uh, at times. And, Again, I think he will. I, I think, uh, you know, if he was only taking the easy ones, if he's only taking the spot-ups or the wide-open uh, pull-ups against drop coverage, I promise you that number is going to be a lot higher than 30 31 32%. Again, he's getting consistent traps. He's getting bigs, uh, you know, always up at the level of the screen. He's not getting that drop coverage very often, if at all. Uh, he's getting, you know, the Patrick Beverleys and the the you know, super uh, guard defenders are, are taking him every night. And, uh, you know, that that definitely makes it tough to get a lot of open looks. And again, you know, to whom much is given, like I said, much is expected. If you're a Mavericks fan, you, you expect and hope he can shoot, you know, better than he is. And again, I think over the course of a long season, <clears throat> it's going to trend back up. Uh, you know, he's not he's not as bad as he's been this season shooting the ball. Again, some of that also has to do with conditioning, with the uh, the way he <clears throat> came into the season, the way he took care or didn't take care of himself uh, in the offseason. But uh, am I worried about Luka's shot? Ultimately, no. I still think he's one of the most gifted uh, scorers, most gifted offensive talents uh, in the league. Definitely top five or so in that category for sure. Maybe even top uh, two or three overall. Uh, and I think he long term is gonna, uh, you know, remind people that he is uh, a tremendously prolific scorer um, and shooter who just, uh, again, because of the volume, because of the difficulty, isn't gonna be uh, the highest percentage guy in the world. But he will uh, certainly make uh, enough of them to be remembered as a really good scorer. Uh, Porzingis certainly another, uh, you know area of concern. He's he's not shooting the ball tremendously well uh, from three. Mavs are minus six uh, with him on the floor. Uh, he just seems, you know, to have lost a, a decent amount of his confidence. He's taking, uh, I believe, eight shots or so a game compared to around 13 
a game last season, that's that's concerning, you know, just in terms of uh, his role and, uh, uh, you know, the, the level of uh, feel and, and rhythm and flow that he has right now. Um, you know, basically, he's he's pretty much playing as a as a pure like stretch big, who's just you know floating around on the perimeter, taking long deep threes from that like four point line, long pop threes. Um, you know, and he's he's a chucker right now. He's he's not mixing it up uh, around the basket. Last year, you know, I think the flexibility he gave them was that he was able to play uh as kind of, you know, a rolling five man. He was he was the lob threat for Luca. He would he would screen and, and dive hard at times if that's what the uh defense dictated. Uh again, this season he doesn't seem to be confident uh doing that. And he's, you know, playing basically just as a as a kind of soft uh small ball five who's also not uh shooting well enough to justify that. Uh, he's got a career low and fouls drawn per shot attempt. His block and steal percentage are both at uh, career lows. Uh, and again, we talked about the defense just, you know, has, has not uh, remotely been encouraging in the slightest uh, and definitely a big uh, reason for concern there. Off, uh, speaking of confidence lost, uh, Dwight Powell similarly has... Uh, you know what? I just realized also I misspoke. I <laughs> I mentioned the Porzingis shots thing. I I knew I had that number in my head, but I realized that's because I was read that about Powell. Powell is the one whose eight shots per hundred possessions is by far career low. He's at over thirteen uh, per hundred for his career. So apologize for that. Um, but yeah, you know I think there's definitely confidence things. The, all the stuff about. Not mixing it up inside as much, not being a role man as much. I think, you know, you see on the film with Porzingis, you see him floating, you know, being soft. Not not mixing it up inside as much. Powell, uh, for sure, you know, that that's, uh, shot stat purely, you know, to me just shows a big uh, loss of confidence. His field goal percentage, 47% this season, 64% last year. Uh, he's fouling a ton. They've really struggled. Uh, with him on the court as as the center, uh, and again, you know the how they played their identity has traditionally been, uh, you know Powell or Perzingis as as a rolling, uh, rolling five man, and then having uh, you know Kleber and and the shooters uh, play as the small fours, uh, and uh, you know have those guys be the uh, the guys that get the threes based on. Uh, the gravity and the the hard rolls of of the Porzingis's and uh, Powell's and so again you know they've been they've been kind of neutralized they've been unable to uh, to do that and and to get a lot of success out of the pick and roll teams are switching a lot of the pick and rolls just keeping a a body on a body keeping you know a man on Luca a man on Porzingis making sure the pops taken away and Dallas is having to just play a, a ton of one-on-one, a ton of ISO basketball, and that's uh, not not producing incredible uh, results for them this season. You know, again, I, I think uh, Carlisle clearly has, has not done an amazing job this year uh, and, and with this team, but, you know, to his his defense, it, it hasn't been a, a great, uh, you know, great roster. Richardson, uh, you know, the more they brought him in for his defense and to be a, a defensive-minded guy and give them a little uh, rugged toughness. But his, you know, his shooting, despite being tremendous in the preseason, 
has been really bad, uh, you know, when the actual game started and, and they're sorely missing uh, the spacing that, that Curry provided. Um, you know, Finney Smith, like I said, is a, is a defensive-minded guy. Hardaway's a scoring six-man off the bench. Uh, James Johnson just, you know, th- doesn't really fit uh, what they're doing, I don't think. You know, he's... He's again a guy of rugged toughness, uh, physicality. He definitely brings that, but offensively, you know, he he basically he needs the ball in his hands, and he needs a athletic team. He needs cutters. He needs uh, he needs plays to be run. Dallas doesn't really do that. You know, they pretty much again just play spread, pick and roll every single time. They play five out. They play drive and kick. Um, you know, and and he as a as a guy that. When he doesn't have the ball in his hands and he's playing alongside Luka and Brunson and guys that have the ball a lot, you know, that's not his strength. He's not a he's not a spot-up shooter at all. You know, he's uh, the thing he's good at offensively is his feel for the game and playmaking and, uh, you know, getting to handle and, and pick and rolls with the small setting for him and do some unique things. And they, you know, they haven't utilized him uh, in that way at all. Um, so... Yeah, you know, it's definitely a uh, a highly imperfect roster, um, you know, that that you just kind of think that uh, it's not a team that's really built to be anything near a champion. Uh, you know, Brunson's a okay backup point guard. Trey Burke is like the third backup point guard, but he, you know, has had to play a tremendous amount of minutes this season alongside uh, Collie Stein and a few of the other guys that, kind of, you know, should be almost out of the rotation uh, in a normal season. Uh, so a lot of things that you could point to uh, for Dallas, but the most glaring to me, again, is that Luka has not been giving them enough, regardless of, of what the stats say, regardless of his near triple-double stat lines and 30-point games and all those things. He needs to needs to give them more overall if you want to be an MVP candidate and a, and a franchise guy. Uh, Porzingis needs to be a lot better, but again, he is, uh, you know, coming back from injury and, and clearly, uh, you know, still trying to, to get his, his feel back and, uh, all his athleticism back. And, uh, you know, we'll see that those things could be, uh, a slow process, uh, at times. Absolutely. So, you know, is it, uh, is it DEFCON 5 time in Dallas? No, but, Certainly uh, think it's far from a sure thing that they uh, are in the top eight. Uh, you know, even not a sure thing at all that they're in the top ten. I do think ultimately, you know, that they have, uh, it'll probably be Memphis, Houston, and Dallas really uh, fighting for those uh, nine, ten spots. You know, maybe with the Spurs, depending on how things shake out uh, at the bottom of the uh, of the West, but you know, it, it, time is is slowly running out, especially in a in a seventy two game season. They need to be playing with a sense of urgency, and uh, thankfully, thankfully for them, they do uh, get the Warriors again tonight. Um, so, you know, you get to hopefully you'll see a, a much more energized, much uh, more defensive minded Dallas team tonight. Those. Film sessions have a have a way of uh, igniting teams and and saying what needs to be said and and getting everything out there. Um, so I would I would be very surprised tonight on ABC 
at 8.30 if you didn't see uh, Dallas play with at least unbelievable effort uh, and much better defense um, against the Warriors. Uh, if you see them get blown out again and play no defense, then uh, it might really uh, be time to worry. So keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on Dallas. Uh, let's see if maybe we see more Maxi and Willie Cauley-Stein lineups together since that's been uh, about the only uh, lineup really that's had a high level of success uh, for them so far this year. Uh, final thing I'll leave you with, uh, the All-Star game. Thoughts? Uh, so many guys saying, oh, the, it's all about the money and, uh, you know, the, they care about the money more than our health at this point and it's so unsafe and all those things. Fine. So opt out. Nobody's making you play. If you value your safety and you think it's not worth uh, risking, all you have to do is forfeit a small amount of said money. Yes, it, I'm not trying to count pockets or uh, tell guys what to do with their money or anything, but it is a fractional amount of money compared to what they make and their overall earnings to opt out, to either with an opt-out clause, which apparently they're going to put in and, and give guys at least an option to do, or whatever the, the fine amount is or was to miss an all-star game. I'm not even sure exactly, but whatever it is, I promise you it's quite insignificant for guys like LeBron James and Giannis, um, who have complained about uh, having to play in this game. Uh, so again, you can't really scream that it's all about money and the NBA just cares about money uh, when the thing preventing you from sitting out uh, of it is money. <laughs> and again, these guys are not... Uh, you know, they're not asking to sit out so they can solely uh, sit at home and uh, live in a bubble and not go outside at all and, uh, you know, all about safety. They want to chill on a beach in the Virgin Islands or the Bahamas or wherever uh, the NBA put on their uh, approved list of all-star all destinations. Um, so, <laughs> again, it's one thing if you want to uh, do it because you just want to lie in bed and lock yourself in a room and quarantine and are just deathly afraid of COVID. Uh, but the truth is they're not. That's not what's going on here. They have been traveling around all season long. They have, uh, you know, opted out of, of having a bubble and, and because they just could not deal with that kind of isolation anymore, which I understand, um, you know, and, and had to get back to some sense of normalcy and, and seeing people again and, uh, you know, not being totally insulated from the world, um, you know, and now they're throwing a hissy fit about having to go to Atlanta for a few days and, and stay in kind of a, a, you know, Atlanta bubble, obviously, and, and do that instead of uh, getting to have a vacation and unwind on, a, on an island. So I, I totally get, again, why they're exhausted and, and they have a right to, to feel that way and a right to really want a vacation, and uh, again, they have the option of bargaining for that, of, of negotiating and saying, uh, you know, we've decided we're not going to play an all-star game, and here's, we're willing to give up X amount of money uh, to make that happen. And if they don't do that, then they have the individual option of, you know, again, okay, uh, I'm LeBron James, I have enough money, I'm Sorry, I'm just I, I'm not gonna play in the All Star game this year. I I need some time. I need to be around family. I need to uh, have a vacation. 
fine, you know, he'll get some criticism on the talk shows, he'll, he'll, you know, he'll, he'll lose a little bit of money, uh, but ultimately, I think most people will understand, and most people, you know, don't really care all that much about an all-star game, but obviously, the league does, it makes revenue, it's, it's a big ticket item, it's a big sponsor item, um, you know, and, and they feel there's a need to have one, I don't really care one way or the other, I don't, even watch the all-star game typically when it's on i've you know i more so enjoy the three-point contest and dunk contest i don't even know exactly what the plans uh for those things are uh but again i do know that uh you know this last second whining and Giannis talking about listening to the big dog and darren fox and all these you know conspiracies they don't care about our safety yada 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 yeah, that's the same thing Kyrie said when he doesn't. They don't care about our safety because they're making us go play in a totally safe bubble, uh, and then I'm gonna go out and party maskless uh, at a club in Brooklyn for my uh, sister's birthday. So, just just be honest. Let's cut out the hypocrisy. Let's you know, let's be real here um, and admit. Yeah, they care about money, uh, just like you do. Uh, you know, they care about safety to an extent. Uh, but again, this is also a virus with a ninety-nine point nine 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 percent uh survivability for, you know, young healthy people like yourselves. Uh, which is why Kevin Durant is currently going nuts because he's having to contact trace or quarantine or whatever for the 75th time after already missing a bunch of games with COVID and because he was around somebody that maybe had a positive test that maybe was inconclusive that maybe then tested negative three times and I don't know it's just come on we know it's getting ridiculous at this point Kevin Durant is fine he's not actively giving the virus to people even if he did they would be okay, the people in the NBA. If there's people that are vulnerable or elderly people, yes, he should not be around them right now. But it's not, you can't take him out of doing his job. You can't take him out of playing, you know, the the, the Nets' chances. The You know, we're going to do this in the playoffs if Kevin Durant has one lunch with one person that two weeks ago had some antibodies. Like, come on, I mean, we're being... Every time somebody has a, a a test that's inconclusive, you have a Sherlock Holmes-level investigation with 50 Woj and Shams tweets, and it's like the oral history of that time Kevin Durant maybe had lunch with somebody that maybe had an inconclusive test, and it's like, God in heaven, like, I understand it's it's real, it's serious, it's it's deadly to some, it's, it's certainly taken, you know, way too many lives but at the same time you can't have a one-size-fits-all response the virus does treat people very different differently depending on their age their level of health all those things so you protect the vulnerable you vaccinate the vulnerable you use common sense you wear masks you you know again do, do what you can but you can't do everything and we can't live in a bubble until 2030 we have to live life again quite frankly appreciate you guys listening appreciate you guys tuning in and you know what if you disagree if you think i'm wrong about something that's you're right as an american or wherever you're from and uh you know that's part of a, a healthy society so appreciate you being able to tolerate 
uh, different opinions at times. Appreciate you guys listening to the Scout with Brian podcast. Make sure you uh, rate, subscribe if you could leave a review. I would really appreciate it. Um, and again, follow me on Twitter, YouTube, uh, everywhere, Scout with Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, and your support on patreon.com slash Scout with Brian. Even a couple bucks a month, really, really appreciated. Uh, and remember, five or more dollars a month gets you my bet of the day, which is currently around 65%, uh, 28 and 16. I post a bet every single day, uh, which again is hitting really well right now. So if you want my daily pick, make sure you get in on that. Uh, Without further ado, appreciate you guys hearing what's wrong with the Mavericks. Uh, Let me know what you want to hear next on Patreon, and uh, we will talk soon. Thanks again.